What's up, guys? For those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin, and I have been in the photography industry for 25-plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion, and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created The 7 Figure Photographer to share my journey to 7 Figures and to help others find their way, too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today. Welcome to today. I don't even know what day it is. Um, Thursday, the 9th of December. It's right there in front of me. Um, Sorry, my voice is still working its way back. But today, I'm excited. We get to talk about budgeting for small businesses. Um, I got some great stuff for you today, at least in my opinion. I think it's great. Uh, Something that's actually really been a huge, huge help for me in my business over the past couple of years. Um, and I'm going to share all that good stuff with you guys today. So maybe today might be one of those days that everybody's like, I don't want to talk about budgets. Like, <laughs> because honestly, if you know me, uh, my wife, I'm sure if she saw this, she was like, what, what Sam's going to talk about budgeting. Like that, that word, that vocabulary doesn't exist in our home. Like I don't budget well, but I actually do believe it or not. I actually do, in a lot of ways, live with a budget. I have a budget. doesn't mean that I follow the budget. <laughs> it just means that I have a budget. And every year it gets a little bit better. Um, but I want to talk today about like what it takes to make a budget for a small business. Now, the reason why I think that this is really important is because I found myself too many times in my life where I'm like, oh, I need a budget. I need to create a budget for my business. And I get in and I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't have a clue what's going to be coming in next month. Like next month could be $100,000 or it could be $2,000. Like you just, or it could be nothing. Like it could be nothing next month. You just never know. So how do you create a budget based on that scenario? But that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, how to budget for small businesses and, um, like I said, I'm really excited to share this with you today because there's some really good information. Now, the, the thing that I want you to understand is these are not ideas. These are not my own ideas. I'm going to share with you some, some tips, some steps on how to budget. But then at the very end of this video, I'm going to share with you really the meat and potatoes of how I budget my business um, and the ongoing everyday uh system that I use of which, like I said, it's not my system. It's some, something that I learned from somebody else who's a friggin' genius. I've talked about it a lot. You'll, most of you will know this and figure it out before too long, but, um, that's what it is. For those of you who are on the text list, you probably saw, um, the quote that I sent out, a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Uh, that quote is by, uh, Dave Ramsey. Hi, Brandy. Welcome watching and heckling from Ohio. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So, um, I personally like Dave Ram. I, I'm not, I shouldn't share my opinions on Dave Ramsey. I like, yeah, Dave Ramsey is great and he's got some incredible stuff, but like, like trying to live without the benefits of credit, like there's so much to it, but of course, like that's a whole nother topic. I don't want to get into it. Dave Ramsey is a smart dude. Um, he's helped a lot of people. He's even helped me in a lot of situations, 
uh, understanding some simple things about uh, budgeting and business because I've been through that on my journey to figure out how to take care of my, my money better. This morning when I was driving to work, I was like, you know what? I wish that I had the same sense now in my business or like the same sense that I have now in my business, like how I'm investing and like instead of just blowing every damn dollar I have, I'm actually putting it to good use. I'm actually being somewhat, I know most people believe that all I do is blow every dollar I have, but um, I'm actually being somewhat responsible with uh, those funds. But back when I was like, when I wasn't making nearly as much money as I am now, but I was making a lot of money in photography as compared to what I was used to, I was just like, I was doing everything. I was like, I was blowing it on everything and I was having fun. But this morning when I was driving into the office, I was like, man, I wish, I wish I would have known then what I do now. And I'd probably be in a really good position right now. I, I mean, even, even then, like five years ago, um, one of my video guys was like, dude, you should buy this, this cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. And it was like $25 a coin at the time. And I was like, dude, that crap is for the birds. Like you're stupid. It's never going to go anywhere. I encouraged him not to buy it. I think he bought like three coins for $75. If he still had those, I think he bought pizzas with it or something. The first 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 company that came out that accepted Bitcoin as a form of payment, he used the Bitcoin he had. But if I had bought Bitcoin then, like even a hundred dollars would be worth like 200 grand right now. So, um, anyway, it, you can't, you can't focus on what you should have done. You just got to focus on what you do from here forward. And that's kind of the goal here today. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm going to give you a couple of different steps. Like I said, uh, by the end of this, I'm going to share with you really the secret to how, uh, I've figured out how to budget but I'm going to talk about just some basic steps in budgeting. So number one is look backwards and examine your past revenue. So the first thing that I want you to do is to pull out your old taxes. Like look at whatever you're done. Now I get it. If this is like your first year in business and you're just trying to make it happen, um, that's going to be a, a challenging thing. And, um, but regardless, look back at the past, look at what you've done, because no matter where you are, if you're sitting here today, you did something yesterday and you did something the day before that, and maybe even a couple of months and look at those months and, and take it month by month. If you spent, um, $5,000 on education in June and we're sitting in December and you still haven't made a dollar, I mean, you're at a different point in your business where it's like you have to invest in yourself a little bit before you can get something out of it. But for those of us who have been in business for a little while, uh, and even those of you who have struggled in business and haven't figured out how to make it just, just kill it, you can still look back at your taxes and look back at your profit and loss statements and look back and see, okay, so this year I spent this much money on this, this, and this, and this year, the year before I spent, the historical data is going to tell you a lot. That's basically what I'm getting at. Uh, you got to look at how much money you made, um, and look at the percentages, break it down and determine those percentages. Now, the next thing, the step two to that is I want you to determine your fixed costs. Now what the fixed costs are, I'm going to lose my voice even more today. <clears throat> what my what your fixed costs are or example of fixed costs uh, are 
rental, like studio rental or lease rent. So for instance, um, I have my fixed costs for this building. I'm going to, you, some of you might throw up in your mouth a little bit. Um, well, I'm, I might have to math this, but I think it's right around, um, $94,000 a year or 89. Do, do you have your calculator? It's like $6,700 times. Oh, your phone doesn't like you. Okay. No, Mia's phone doesn't like her. Or if any of you guys have a calculator, $6,700 times 12 months. Um, I'm pretty sure it comes to 86 or $96,000. I can't, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks or months or years. I don't know. 72,000. Okay. So I was way off. So $72,000 either way that works. Um, so the nice thing is, is that I know that my, my rent is, it will change in March, but I know that the cost, the it's a fixed cost, uh, payroll. If now payroll can be variable and it can be fixed. Like, uh, I prefer it to be really pretty solid. So I know that, Hey, if I'm paying this many dollars per hour, um, this is how much it's going to be over 30 hours a week for 52 weeks. So you can understand that fixed cost. Now, the things that you're missing are the additional, um, like workers comp, all those things that are going to factor into your taxes at the end of the year or through insurances. But even better, if you can look at, okay, well, last year I paid Mia this much money and so I can actually use that number as a really good defining like number for determining those fixed costs. So payroll is one of those things. Asset depreciation. This is one of those that I'm like, I'm just dumb about. I don't understand it. Talk to your accountant about it. It's one of those things that like it happens. You have to deal with it. Just figure it out. And your accountant is going to be the best one to talk to about that. Now, taxes. Taxes, again, talk to your accountant. But I can look back at last year and say, okay, if I did, and I'm just going to use small, simple numbers. These are not my numbers. I'm just going to use small, simple round numbers because it makes it easier because you guys saw the other day when I tried to math in front of you, it was atrocious. If I do a hundred thousand dollars in revenue for the year, and that's what I did last year, I can go back and look at it and say, okay, well I paid $20,000 in taxes. Let's just say that for a round number. So I know that that's 20% of what my $100,000 revenue is. So I know that number is not going to really change a whole lot unless I make like three times that or double that, whatever, wherever I kind of step into another tax bracket. Now taxes actually work. A lot of people think that, oh, well, if I hit, if I step up into that next tax bracket, I get taxed for that tax bracket down through all of it, but that's not actually how it works. You get taxed in the tax bracket until you surpass that tax bracket, then the remainder of the funds. So let's say $101,000 to $190,000 is taxed in a higher tax bracket. You're taxed in the lower tax bracket until you hit $101,001. So if you make $101,050, you're only taxed on that higher tax bracket for that $50 above. I know that sounds really crazy, but that's one of those things. Insurance. Insurance is one of those things um, that is going to be relatively fixed cost. So think about all those fixed costs, payroll, uh, taxes, 
insurance, rent and lease, uh, some of your uh, equipment costs, like you could have like an equipment budget that you spend every year. Now, the next one I want you to think about is the variable expenses. Now, these are where you can get into like your utilities, marketing, education, development, supplies, cost of goods. Um, it can be really challenging, but there's a couple of different things you can do with like utilities to make them more of a fixed uh, expense. For instance, like with power, you can call the power company and say, hey, will you put me on, what is it called? It's like, um, uh, it's not a fixed, it's, um, it's basically where they look at the last 12 months of data and they average it out over the next 12 months and they give you a, what is it? No, it's a, I can't think of the word. This is like the gazoon type thing. Um, but then you at least know that, hey, my, my utilities or my power or uh, most like your internet and stuff like those, those are going to be the same uh, month in, month out. So you just have to look at them and see and determine, are those really a fixed or are they a, um, a variable expense? Now, uh, education and development, you can either make that a fixed thing, but more often than not, that's going to change uh, because... For instance, like I put my travel and stuff into the education aspect. Uh, it's it it's not auto, level pay. That's what it is. Laquita got it. Thank you, Laquita. Um, so, <clears throat> like my education stuff, like prices can go up and down. Like imaging this year is only fifty nine dollars for the actual event, but um, the venue, or sorry, not the venue, but where you stay that might be more expensive than it was last year. So that's not a fixed cost, that's a, a variable cost. But when you're determining those numbers, it can just really be broken down into how it works best. I'm gonna get to really how to determine those numbers best here soon. Now, one of those variables that's always gonna hurt or always gonna be challenging, but this actually works out really well when you build it into your cost of doing business per hour, uh, which if you haven't gotten that worksheet and worked it out, go to the website, sevenfigurephotographer.com, Go to the shop and select the cost of doing business per hour worksheet. It's a free download. Go get it, download it, and it's a no-brainer. Figure out what your cost of doing business per hour is. But the more business you do, the more your cost of goods sold, like, like that number doesn't necessarily, the percentage doesn't necessarily go up. But if I sell 70 canvases this year, but then I sell... 125 canvases next year, well, my cost of goods sold is actually the number is going to go up. Is it still the same percentage? Year over year, it can vary. It can, it, that's one of those weird ones. Like, and plus you just never know because those are a variable thing. Like this year we've gotten price hikes up the bunghole. What? <laughs> I couldn't think of a good word. So I come out with the bad ones. Um, so we've had price hikes like crazy this year. I've had frames that have gone up three times this year. In fact, I even just got a new price guide for frames for like the third time or fourth time. I got a new one yesterday. So, um, you know, and then also a lot of those companies are going under like paper. We print our own stuff here and some of the gloss paper companies have just completely gone out of business. And so we're struggling with some of those things. And when I say gloss paper, I'm talking about for, don't worry, your lab has not run out of gloss paper, I promise. Um, I'm talking about for laser 
digital color production. So those are just some of your variables. Now, the next thing I want you to do is create a profit and loss. Now, if you have Pixify or um, a lot of the, uh, even Tave or 17 hats, uh, most importantly, or the one that I would suggest using, but if you can use any one of those, it's great. Uh, go into QuickBooks and you can pull a profit and loss statement. And it's literally as easy as clicking profit and loss report, January 1 through December 31 and click profit and loss. And it gives you your total revenue minus your cost of goods sold, your expenses um, and other expenses. And it tells you, okay, this is your profit for the year. This is your loss and this, and it breaks it down into uh, really simple um, categories. Now, if you get really detailed in it and you get in like, for instance, I go in with, with uh, QuickBooks and I label everything so that I can actually look at my cost of goods sold and say, okay, well this actually falls into like, um, like supplies. So supplies uh, for printing or supplies for paper media or uh, office software. So that's one of those things that I have, like I really like to have an idea of subscriptions and software subscriptions. So they can be different ones, but I like the detail. So I know, okay, this is how much last year we spent $23,000. Actually, it was this year we've spent $23,000 on software subscriptions, which boggles my mind. And I've got to dive in and figure out where can we cut those things. Now, that's where the next part of this comes into it is the future planning. Because how do you determine, if you understand these things, how do you determine what you're going to do in the future? Now, some of the things that you can do, and one of the things that we really try to do is when you go to trade shows. So January, February, March, we have a, we travel a whole lot. We go to conventions for education. We go to conventions for uh, just learning about new products that are coming out. We go to conventions to purchase things. So oftentimes I buy my printers when I'm at WPPI. So I know every year, like I'm planning to have cash in hand to go to Las Vegas and hopefully I make it to the convention where I buy a printer instead of gamble it away. Not that that's really an issue, but I do have fun playing that. Um, so the reason I tell you this is because I have like all these software, software subscriptions like Adobe. Um, if you go buy, uh, what is it? Some, I found, um, I think it was, SD cards this year. I found an SD card that gave you a month of free Adobe um, services. And so I bought multiple cards because it gave me multiple months of free Adobe service, which saves me money. I needed the cards. I need the service. So how can I cut costs on that? Now, at some of the conventions, you get to see some of the companies, they always have... Um, trade show deals or trade shows. So this is the one time where it sucks because you're entering your email or you give your email up and they scan your email and you get crap all year long. It floods your email box. But this is the time where they offer like Black Friday deals or show specials. Um, one of them like shoot proof. We use shoot proof. We have to upgrade our shoot proof right now. So I know I'm like just holding on because I know that when I go to the trade show, they'll have a show special and I hate that I do this because we don't want our customers to do this, but it's the way to save yourself 
some of those expenses. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to take advantage of some of those show specials to save myself hundreds of dollars on one software. And then if I go to another one, I can save a couple hundred dollars there. And sometimes you just save a lot of money by doing a full year in advance or a full year's worth of that product. Uh, some of those companies even have, if you spend double their year rate, you can get like a lifetime plan and that saves you a ton of money. Uh, Pixify did that once with Pixify, uh, paid like five or $600 up front and got like a year and a half worth. So those are things that you can look at how to help in the budgeting aspect or to trim some of that money down or some of those costs. Now, what I typically do, and this is how I have figured out really the secret to how to budget for a small business. Uh, what I do is I take my taxes for the past year and I divide everything up into percentages. And the first thing that I look at is what is my percentage paid? Um, so say for instance, we're going to use the hundred thousand dollars out of the hundred thousand dollars I made, um, in revenue, what percentage did I pay in taxes? That's the first thing I'm going to look at. How much did I pay in taxes? And so if I know that I paid $20,000 in taxes, my tax rate is going to be 20% of everything that I made. Okay. Um, I know that my lease or rent for my building is $72,000 or whatever. We're going to cut it down to, we're just going to say it's $11,000 for the year. So that I know that then it is 11% of my business. Now, the number one thing that I want you to do before you set or identify any of those percentages is take your profit first. And um, there I just gave you the secret. It's Profit First by Mike McCallix. It's a book. If you haven't read it, go read it. It's the number one most important thing I do with any of my coaching clients. I first make them read or tell them to read. Some of them do it. Some of them don't. If you don't, I'm going to kick your butt to the curb. But most, well, all of my coaching clients have read it. Um, but basically, what you do is you're going to take that, that profit first. And that could be 2%. It could be 10%. I don't care how much it is. Just identify how much money you're going to take first for profit. Then you have your fixed uh, percentages. And you have, this did not go back for me. Okay, here we go. Um, Wow, it's not. Okay. So if you have your $100,000 and you're going to take 10% of that as profit, that's the first thing you do. 10% is $10,000. Then you consider your absolute um, or your, what was the, what was we, we called it? Your fixed costs, uh, which is taxes, um, your payroll and lease rents, and you determine those percentages. So for instance, if you take 100 100% and the first 10% is profit, 15% is taxes, 10% for employee. That means you got $10,000 to pay an employee. If you ha don't have an employee, you can just take that one completely out of there. Um, your lease and rent payment, $11,000 or 11%. And then it gives you know right then that you have a total of, let's see, basically 54% left for your cost of goods or your your operating expenses and owner pay now obviously if you're not in business if you're in business you need to pay yourself that should be one of your top things but it gives you an idea of what percentage you can use to pay yourself now for me what i do is every 
bit of money that comes in. Every time I get a check, every time I get a deposit, I have a special account in my bank um, where deposits go and they sit there. They don't hit my normal operations or operating expenses account. Um, the money goes into an income account. And so then I take it at every, uh, typically I try to do this right before payday and I go in and I start looking at it and I take my first, I take my profit, which I have my profit set at 7%. Um, I take the profit 7% of whatever is in that account. So say for instance, there's $10,000 in that account. I take 7% of it. I transfer it into a different account. You can do this with envelopes. You could do it with a savings account and just keep a spreadsheet. You can do it with whatever you want. Um, all you have to do is put on top of that spreadsheet that your percentage or that your total for the savings account is this and all the percentages down through that are for that and then just adjust it as you go. Uh, then I move the second thing I do and I literally do these in order. So profit goes first, then owner pay is 27, or 27%, um, then the taxes at 15%. And this is just because what I do is I take the, um, obviously the, the uh, 6% sales tax, that's gonna come off anyway before that. Um, then I take the operation expenses, um, 27%, my employee payroll expenses, 10%, and lease rent, 11%. Now, the way this works out is that you ultimately no matter how much money you have come in next month, if it's $1,000 or if it's $2,000, you know that no matter how you do it, you're going to have trends, seasonal trends. And as long as you're putting those percentages away and budgeting those specific percentages, that it will cover it throughout for the year. So as you, before you get into your slow, slow time, you should have a buildup that doesn't mean you just, oh, well, I got a lot of extra money in there, so let's just go blow it on whatever. No, you have that money set aside to pay payroll for the slower months. Now, one of those things that you do need to identify, and when you're looking at looking back at your profit and loss and looking back, um, all of the systems out there, like you can go to QuickBooks, you can go to Tave, you can go to Pixify, 17 Hats, and look at the graph of your seasonal, uh, seasonal trends. There's certain things that you're going to find. For instance, um, if you sell ice cream, like Cold Stone, uh, for those of you who know what Cold Stone are, is, or uh, ice cream shops, do you think that they do really well in the wintertime? Probably not. In fact, in Pennsylvania, where my wife is from, they have this place called Brewster's. It's amazing. It doesn't even open until May. And then they're only open from May until, I think, September or something like that. And they sell as much ice cream as they can. Well, also, you can understand when you, when you know those seasonal trends, you can say, okay, well, I'm going to actually hire more employees so that I can maximize my profits during those months of the year. Instead of having employees throughout the whole year, you just hire them seasonally for those years. Maybe I should do that. Should I do that? Mia doesn't like that idea. Um, so identify your seasonal trends um, and determine where are your low spots. If you're in this industry, you know at least in Idaho, I don't thoroughly know how it all works in other places, but like Texas, I know in Texas, it's for some people, it's just too hot to shoot during the summer. And so their senior season tends to be during the winter time. Um, I'm sure in other places, like it, it depends on how your seasons work and what you do. 
I honestly have wondered, like we shoot out in the middle of the dead of summer and sometimes we're in 110 degree heat and it feels like our cameras are melting in our hands, but we still do it. So I don't know what, I don't know how bad it is in Texas compared to that, but that's just something to consider. The most important thing in any business is pay yourself first and pay your profit first. Um, so that no matter how you do it, you're going to make it work. If when you read the book, the profit first, one of the things he talks about is the big plate method, uh, how no, you know, the more money you put on your plate or the more food you put on your plate, the more you're going to eat. So grab a smaller plate. And if you have a smaller plate, you're going to learn how to adapt to that. Anybody out there that's ever lost a job, they know how this works. All of a sudden the money stops coming in and you figure out a way to make it work. So this works the same way. Pay your profit first, pay yourself first, pay your taxes and your, your uh, other ones and make everything else work out the way it works. Now, the reason this is, has been so incredibly powerful for me is because, like I said, for years, I couldn't, I, I couldn't set a budget because I was like, I don't understand how to create a budget when I don't know what's going to be coming in. And sometimes, like this year, we had a bizarre spring. We did more seniors in the spring this year than we've ever done in my whole career as a photographer. But yet then it kind of tapered off and we didn't do as many in the fall. We still had, you know, it still worked itself out really well. But sometimes like in January and February, sometimes I just get really lazy in January and I don't want to do a whole lot or I don't want to do sales sessions. Yesterday I had a sales session and honestly, I was kind of like, I really don't want to do this. So like get here and we're good. And I actually ended up getting this customer to spend more than they normally spend. Um, because I just was like, I was just over it. And honestly, could I have, could I have gotten them to spend more money? Probably. Um, but that's the way December and January work for me. I'm so worn out. I'm tired. I know that everybody's like wanting everything done and back. I know that I have to make sure that I get employees to get stuff done in both sides. I got to get editing, have my editor have everything done. Like it's just a cluster F of a mess sometimes in December. And Tiffany, who like has always inspired me because she's like, I'm taking the month of December off. And I'm like, how the hell do you do that? But it's something that I've always tried to like, okay, let's figure out a way to make December more enjoyable. Um, regardless, because I'm in the print business with my CIC Pro Lab, it tends to be a crazy busy month. But as long as we have, we set it to clear at like December 17th, we don't take shoots, we don't take anything. I take a couple weeks off and then I get into January and I'm like, I'm really enjoying this time off and I may not want to do a whole lot. So understand that as long as you have this broken down into percentages, you're going to have a really good idea of how to budget in your business. Now, marketing, marketing is one of those things that if you do marketing right, you don't really need a budget for it. Obviously you need to decide, okay, well, if I want to make 27% of whatever I bring in, then I'm only going to have this much for my marketing budget. But as long as you have a, a good solid marketing program, that's bringing in money, it doesn't matter what your budget for it is because it's gonna to continue to bring more money and you're gonna to continue to take your percentage from it. So it's one of those things that it just changes as it goes on. But if you can take the time to look at it and see, okay, these are my percentages. And one thing that I do, 
I've actually created a really simple, I'm going to explain this to you um, because I don't have anything to show you. I've created a really simple spreadsheet and I have those specific things that I just gave you. I'll, I'll tell you again real quick um, if I can get back to it. Profit, owner pay, taxes, operating expenses, employees, and lease or rent. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six total um, categories. Now, for many of you, you won't have an employee, per, an employee. So five categories. And I put at the bottom of the center column percentage, I put 100%. And then I basically take each one of those categories, profit, owner, pay taxes, and the second, second column, I make it just percentages. And so then what I do is um, I determine if profit is, I wonder if I can just show you guys this. How can I show you? Um, I don't know. No, I don't have a way to show you. Okay, maybe I'll post, I'll post an example of it on uh, Facebook here shortly once we're done. <coughs> so I'll post an example of the, the spreadsheet. So I have the profit down the middle, each one has its own percentage and all of them need to total to make 100%. So you can change the percentages to determine, okay, well, this is this percent. The third column, I make it based on whatever the percentage is of at the top, I put whatever my total amount is. So if it's $100,000 and profit, I put 10% in, it will show me how many dollars is profit. Now I do this because I know what my fixed numbers are. For instance, I know how much I pay in lease payment every year. So I can change the percentage until that number, that percentage of the $100,000 equals roughly that number. So I know where my percentage is for the year. Then I can change that $100,000 to $200,000, 300000 $400,000 or a million dollars and say, okay, well, if I'm at a million dollars, my studio cost doesn't go up in price. So then I just adjust the percentage until it hits right where I need to be for um, my fixed price. Same thing with taxes. Um, taxes are gonna go up. I pretty much know that they're gonna end up being a specific percentage of said number. It could go up, could go down, but it gives me a really good idea of where I'm gonna be at. I try to err on the, the positive side so I just get some money back. Um, and then I just figure that number. I'll post the spreadsheet so you can see it, but that is how I budget. So I don't have a, I do have a really good number for um, all those things. I know that if I want to make $20,000 in profit and I'm doing 10% that I need to make $200,000 to make either $20,000 $20, or I need to take 20% for profit. So <clears throat> you can kind of decide those numbers you can even do it based on the month. You can do it based on the week. You can do it whatever. But it gives you a really good indication of, okay, if I make this much, this is the percentage of how much I need to pull out and move into different accounts so that I know, okay, well, whatever that number is, 27% of it is going to be my owner pay. So that's how much I get to pay myself. Now, um, I base that owner pay on what my yearly salary is. I put that, I make sure that that number gets 
to the same percentage. So my owner pay percentage, the more I make, might be a little bit less than 27%, but it still hits that number because I consider it a fixed number. Um, and then the rest of it is adjustable. So my owner or my operating expense uh, could be, or operating expense category could be higher uh, because I'm making more, but it could also adjust my profit account. So that's basically how I do it. If you really want a good in-depth understanding of how this all works, go to the website, sevenfigurephotographer.com, go to the business book of the month, scroll way down close to the bottom and find Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Buy the book, read the book, read it like seven times before the end of the year and implement it in your life. I promise you it will change your business and your life forever. It did it for me. Um, it's literally the best thing that ever happened to me in business because it helped me finally for once in my life understand and really get a good grasp on determining what I could do for budgeting for my business because it always changes on a regular basis. So I hope that was beneficial to you guys. Any of you guys have questions, feel free to comment in there and we'll answer them. I see there's oh, a lot of people were commenting on trying to answer what level pay was. Um, hi, Tiffany. Tiffany's here or was here who already makes a business budget yearly. Um, <clears throat> I try, I try really hard, but mine's pretty much set for the year. But um, <coughs> I'm trying to, like this year, I really worked hard on getting my taxes uh, figured out so that when I pull my profit and loss, I can actually really dial in and say, okay, this is how much I spend every year just on stretcher bar for canvases. This is how much I spend, which is technically a CIC Pro Lab expense. Um, this is how much I spend on printing expenses every year. This is how much I spend on software. That was one of the biggest ones I wanted to determine because I was like, okay, if I'm spending $23,000 a year, can I figure out a way to whittle a good bit of that down? Because when you can go in and understand where your budget is, the things where you can save money, that just pays you more. That just makes you more money, more potential for uh, paying yourself more or putting more profit in for the business. Now, one of the biggest mistakes I think that people make, and I don't, I made this mistake for a lot of years. I didn't understand that profit in your business doesn't mean that you're getting paid. You should be paid anyway. Profit means that's the money that sits in the business as at the end of the year, you can take it or even every quarter you can take it and say, you know what, this is profit. So I'm going to cut some of it to me as the owner and I'm going to invest it either for the owner or invest it for the business or take it and buy new equipment with that as an investment for the business because I can do that. So those are things I know last year, one of the biggest things I did is I took a bunch of that profit and I actually invested it and I created more. Whoa, that just did something bizarre. Um, I invested that money and it just, you know, kind of gave myself the opportunity to grow. Now, those are things that I would always talk to your, uh, not your attorney, your, your tax professional about first, uh, because they're going to have some input. Now, typically my sister is my accountant. She hates the concept of profit first because it's against traditional accounting, but I love it because it was the first thing that really gave me freedom and took the stress away from um, my life with trying to figure out how and what to do. 
Um, Brandy, I will actually post those. Uh, you have profit, owner pay, taxes, operating expense, payroll, and then lease or rent is number six. So now for those of you who don't know, if you haven't taken the time to fill out the cost of doing business uh, per hour or the CODB uh, worksheet, one of the things I always tell you to do is <clears throat> if you're working from your home, still consider at least 33% of your mortgage as your lease or rent payment. Um, <clears throat> this has nothing to do with what your, your accountant tells you to take for office in the home. It has nothing to do with your taxes. It has everything to do with you and your business understanding that if you leave the home tomorrow and you open a studio, you will then have an expense. If you're accounting for that expense now, you're actually truly considering the expenses that really happen in a business so that you can really be profitable. So that when you move into a studio, it's not a big shock. It's not a big change. So same thing for um, putting money away for like auto repairs, uh, different things like that, or camera repairs. Um, you may not have camera repairs every month, but if you're putting $20 a month into an envelope or into an account or into savings for those particular things, then those things are accounted for. And that's where it really does work into like the whole Dave Ramsey thing. You have money set aside so that you're not using credit to, to make those things work. You just have cash on hand and you can say, oh, I have a, an expense that came up. My camera broke, so I got to send it in and get a new one. Maybe you just want to buy a new camera and have an extra camera on hand and you have enough money to do that, but still get this one fixed. So it just really helps you a lot in those aspects and it will help you uh, be more prepared for those kinds of things. So that's all I got for you. Um, if we have, let's see, here's the link to the cost of doing business worksheet. Thank you, Mia, for getting that in. But I'll also get, um, as soon as I'm done here, I'll put a screenshot the, the, I have this one whisker on my, I told you guys about this the other day. And it's literally, I tried, my wife was laughing at me because I had scissors. I was trying to clip it. It's not a nose hair. It's not that, I promise. I probably have those two, don't look. Um, <clears throat> but I have this one whisker that's like pointing up and it keeps hitting my nose as I talk. And I feel like I have a, a hair hanging like, like a dog hair or something on my nose. It's driving me crazy. So anyway, um, I hope that was helpful for you guys. If you haven't had a chance, these are the things that I love getting into. So uh, go over to the Seven Figure Photographer website, go to the shop, check it out. We have a couple of free resources in there. One of them being the cost of doing business per hour. If you want help with that, call me. We'll sit down. We'll take an hour and we'll go through that. And I will open your eyes to realize that probably most of the time in your life, you're paying other people to take their pictures. Sad, but very true. I can't tell you how many <coughs> successful, and I say that with kindness, um, photographers that I've worked with, they're doing well. I, I don't want to take the success from them. They're doing well. They're making money. But when I sit down with them and we go through the cost of doing business, like I've had some people like just blown away because they didn't even realize that the cost for a product is almost double what they thought it was because of the time and all the other 
expenses they have in their business they never even considered. For instance, one of them, I love this one. <clears throat> if you're working from home and you, like for instance, for us, we, I work from the studio where we pay $300 a month for rent, $360 a month for rent. It's ridiculous. Um, my home has internet too, which we use, but my wife uses it every day. She edits, she works from home. She uses the internet at home for those specific things. So those are actually a percentage of that is a cost for my business because I pay that. Like no matter what I have it, um, if I didn't have it, it wouldn't, everything wouldn't jive, wouldn't work. So you have to consider the fact that it actually takes you time to create an image. Um, I think really as a good indication, like I've determined that it takes about 20 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes to create an image. That's the time it takes to click it, the time it takes to drive around, the time it takes to call it, the time it takes to edit it. Um, based on the number of images you shoot and deliver, all dialed down and figured out comes to about 20 to 25 minutes. And so if you have, <coughs> let's just say it takes 30 minutes and you have a cost of doing business that's $50 an hour, that means that there's a $25 additional expense on that product. When you order an eight by 10 for $5, that means that, that cost of the eight by 10 is actually 35 or $30. So something to consider uh, that I don't think a lot of people do consider. So go check it out. I enjoyed hanging out with you guys today. I hope, I hope you loved it. Budgeting is no fun. I don't know why. Why, why do I love the unsexy stuff about, about business? You like budgeting? You're weird. Well, yeah, see, I like knowing the numbers too. Like that gets me more excited. I love being able to pull a profit and loss statement literally like any time and see, oh, well, like I'm, I need to change some things because when you know your numbers and you understand those things, you have power. That knowledge really is power in your business and it is freeing. Yeah. So, okay guys, have a wonderful day. I will see you again, um, on next Tuesday. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about, but we'll see you again and we will be talking or I'll be talking, I guess. Hopefully I'll have more of a voice. I lost Batman. <clears throat> now I just don't have a voice. I doubt it. Batman doesn't visit very often. All right, guys, take care. Have a good one.